Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. I have to do it. Good morning, church. Yeah, because it became a tradition, right? We don't dump traditions. We keep them if they're good. <laughs> All right. We're in the middle of... Uh, and worship today was so awesome. Uh, some of you may feel uncomfortable with this kind of worship. But at the same time, you feel certain things that you don't feel somewhere else. This is it. Grab onto that. Let it grow. It'll take over your life. It's Holy Spirit working in your life. All right, all right, all right. Dennis, get back to the message. We're in the middle of this, uh, this series, thank you, Identity, Intimacy, and Destiny. And these things are very important, and these things are interrelated. If you have messed up identity, if you have false identity that you subscribe to, you're going to have a hard time developing an intimate relationship with the Lord. If you never learn to develop intimate relationship with the Lord, you will never step into the destiny God has for you, and you will be doomed to live a mediocre, sad, unfulfilled, unhappy, miserable life. And you'll probably make other people around you miserable. You don't want that. So you want to have the right, clear identity from the Word of God. You want to be able to develop and cultivate this intimate relationship with the Lord that God becomes real for you personally. It's not just the preacher who talks to you on Sundays about God. You know God right? And out of that, your destiny will be unfolded and fulfilled. And people will be impacted for the kingdom of God. We are in the middle of the middle part. Middle of the middle part. Interesting. Uh, no pun intended. Intimacy. And this is the crucial in our church here. This is part of our DNA. This is one of the top values. A number of years ago, when I have already developed some friendship with Neil, and I knew him somewhat to an extent that I could read his countenance, and we would regularly meet for breakfasts or lunch, and I remember we met at Bob Evans, and by then I already knew Neil is not happy. All right, he tries to have a nice face, poker face, but it doesn't work. I said, Neil, what's up? What's wrong? And he goes, I, I, Dennis, I, I'm a little frustrated. I've been to this Christian meeting when this series of trainings are held by, for Christian ministries when all the leaders of these Christian organizations get together and they develop strategies and they, they clarify and articulate their mission statements and their like values, core values, stuff like that. Uh, and he said, I was going to one of those and I, I'm so thankful that I was late because when I got there, people were already in the middle of their exercise when they tried to articulate uh, and crystallized their mission statement. And they had a nice flip charts on the walls. And every organization had a beautiful, beautiful mission statement. And Neil said, I felt like a failure. Like I did not have a beautiful, beautifully crafted mission statement. And I even began to doubt, do I even have one? Maybe I'm just an empty pot with nothing. I said, Neil, what are you talking about? I said, Neil, you've got the message. You've got the message that I never heard anybody else around here. Just you. You believe. And I, I gave him articulation. I articulated it for him. Neil, 
from my time with you, from my fellowship with you, I learned that you strongly believe in the possibility of profoundly personal, intimate, tangible, experiential relationship with the Lord that every Christian can develop. He goes, that's right. I do believe it. <laughs> so, and I'm telling you, that's one of the core things for Neil, for me, and I hope for you. So if you're into formal and distant, you got on the wrong bus. There are many churches outside here. You can explore. But if you believe it's good and it's available and it's something you desire, you are on the right bus. We'll arrive there together. So today I'm talking about intimacy. So when Jesus came to this earth, he came to the most, probably the most religious society of the world. The nation of Israel was like consumed by their thoughts about God, by the Word of God, by trying to figure out the, like what is it that pleases God. They were all about God and His commandments. I mean, commandments in their understanding were something that if you practice, that brings a smile on the face of God and He begins to bless you. And he be, began to bless your community, your land. And they wanted that. They wanted a blessing of God. They studied hard. And they figured out there are not one thing, not two things, not three things. There are multiple things that God wants. And now every time you have multiple things and all of them are important, the question of priority raises, right? So this, this, uh, this law, lawyer came to Jesus. Lawyer is not an attorney. Lawyer is someone who studies the Bible professionally. So this lawyer, Matthew 22, verses 35 and 38. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him, meaning Jesus, a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. End of the conversation. It says that the guy approached Jesus to test him, to try a weak link in his theology. And he had to give up. And I want you to know that Jesus was not original. It wasn't, no, nobody went, wow. Actually, many rabbis before Jesus said exactly the same thing. So, it, so basically, they were asking the question like, if you boil down all this rich tradition of uh, temple worship, uh, studying the Word of God, applying it to your life, regulating different areas of life, what does it come to? What does it boil to? And the answer was given by those rabbis as well as by Jesus. It boils down to loving God. Not just loving Him uh, casually, but loving Him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your emotions. So, so it's all about love. It kind of simplifies everything. But my question to you, especially to those of you who know the history of Israel and read the Bible, have the nation of Israel been successful? Has the nation of Israel been successful in attaining to that state? No. Not even close, Pastor Linden said, and he's a pastor. Not even close. In fact, if we read the history of the Old Testament, it's a continuous story of their failure to attain to that state. 
with some glimpses of hope every once in a while. Let me ask you a question. Is this standard still relevant to us? Okay, next question. Have we been successful? Not even close. I'm glad I'm... Woo! I feel like home, Russia. People are brutally honest here. Awesome. <laughs> no American niceness anymore. No, we're failures. Yay! That's great. That's how you start recovering. If you, I mean, one day in the right direction is better than 20 years in the wrong direction, right? Good. My question is why. The Bible says that we have a way better covenant, way better promises, way better everything, yet we do the same thing that Israel has been doing. Why? We're people? That's not an excuse. That's a lame excuse. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We're people. So, I... I <laughs> I'm glad we're going into this interactive mode. That's good. <clears throat> so I believe that the answer is actually found in one of the verses. Actually, it's found through the New Testament, but it's articulated in one of the verses that we have already read today uh, during the time of communion. I'm going to read it to you again. It's 1 John 4, 10. And I, I will read 9 just to give it a context. In, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And listen to that. Listen to this. Pastor Neil keeps correcting my grammar. You know, I'm not from... English is not, my, is not my native language, so I have to work on it all the time. So in this is love, watch this. Not that we have loved God but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Holy Spirit specifically worded this truth, not just God loves you. No, no, no. He says, yes, there is love. There is true, genuine love. And it's not yours. It's God's. He says, in this is love, not that you loved God, but that He loved you. Ooh -ha. <laughs> I don't know what it means. It means something. I don't know. It just, I felt, ooh <clears throat> I'm preaching myself happy. <laughs> God loves you. And this is the secret of your Christian life. Your Christian life is not a call to muster up to generate, to, to, to produce this love for God, but actually to receive the revelation of the love that God is for you. And this revelation has a face, and this revelation has a name, Jesus, that we worship today. Jesus is the manifestation purest manifestation of God's gut feelings for you. There's another passage in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. It's almost the same. In the first one I read, people ask, what's the most important commandment? In the second one, they came to him and said, what must we do? Do we have the scripture? John 6. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the work of God? The same question, basically. 
what are the things, what are the practices, what are the heart's attitudes and practices that flow out of that that will make God happy that would be marked as the works of God. And Jesus tells them, here's the work of God. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He has sent. No, Jesus, you probably misunderstood the question. We're asking about what shall we do? He said, believe. No, 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 Jesus, what about, what, what, we, we're going to do something, right, to make God happy. No, he said, no, receive God's happiness. Receive his love. Believing is receiving. Believing is receiving. I don't know how many times should I say that. Believing is receiving. Jason? <laughs> yes. Yes. So a Christian life. I love the image of reflection. You see something like a mirror, you reflect. Like right now you see me because I reflect the light that comes from this big fixture. But it's even more than reflection. It's actually entering into God's feelings. You don't have your own love for God or for people. It's the same thing actually. You step into what God feels about you. You begin to see it and you and you're, you're being ushered into that by the Holy Spirit and you begin to experience that. You begin to see what God feels about you. You begin to see what God feels about people and you change your attitude towards people. Not because of you, not because you saw something beautiful that person. You just saw how God sees that person and you can't help yourself. You want to kiss and hug that dude. <laughs> he might be totally, total jerk, but you don't care. You see him with the eyes of God. That's the standard. That's what Christian life is. And as soon as you depart from that and try to do great exploits for God, you're doomed. You're doomed to, to repeat the same pattern that the nation of Israel has been doing century after century. I hope I got this point clear to you. So to be intimate with God, we need to see that He is willing and open to be intimate with us. You know, you can't really, you can love whatever or whoever in this world. You can fall in love and had a crush on, Neil told me he had a crush on, uh, what's his name, Matthew McConaughey or? <laughs> Just kidding. He loves this actor. He loves movies with him. So, yeah. Well, anyway, you can love, so he, supposedly he loves McConaughey. A lot of you love Ohio State. Let me tell you, McConaughey, is it Mahanagi? Whatever. He doesn't love Neil back. Ohio State doesn't love you back. So there is no intimacy there. You got that? So there might be very passionate love. No intimacy. Because it's, there is no reciprocity. No reciprocity, no intimacy. So you need to make sure like, yeah, I would like to be, I would like to be uh, intimate with God. A very personal relationship. But I need to... You can't make anybody intimate with you, not, not, uh, let alone God, if that someone that you want to be intimate with is not willing, is not open to be intimate with you. So let's see if God wants to be intimate with you. God gives us three primary ways of, three primary examples of what intimate relationship can be like in this world in this earthly reality. 
And they're somewhat pale reflections of God wants to have for us, but they're great. First of all, first one is a parental love for a child. I mean, I understand there are dysfunctional families. I understand there are parents that abuse their kids. We're not talking about deviations. We're talking about the, the ideal. And even the worst parents still have glimpses of beautiful love, even sometimes to the point of self-sacrifice for their kids. Remember, if you haven't read, if you haven't listened to this message that I did about Abba Father, you should, you should listen to that. Go online, listen to that. Abba means daddy. So one side, one aspect of our intimate relationship with the Lord is develop this daddy-child relationship. You need to see God is your dad and yourself as a little child. I'm so glad I shared this experience when God gave me this glimpse of a vision in my prayer when he showed me Jason as a little kid running to his dad and his dad just dropping everything. And this dad was ecstatic to see him. This dad was, couldn't help himself but smile because he saw his child running unto him. Because I saw it now. And if I see it, I can enter into it. And if I can enter into it, I can experience that. That's the same for you. Begin to cultivate. Begin to take this word from the Bible. God, you're not just God Almighty to me. You're God Almighty to everyone, but to me, you're my daddy. You tell me so in your word. Your spirit is the spirit of adoption that helps my spirit to cry out, Abba, daddy. Start doing that. The second one is a more mature expression of intimate relationship. It's a friendship. Friendship. True, genuine friendship. And it's a rare thing to find. And I'm afraid to say that. And, and it grows and matures over time. So there are different levels of friendship, right? So first of all, you don't have many friends. I mean, you might think you have a lot of friends. No. Those are acquaintances. Those are brothers and sisters of Christ. They're wonderful. You love them. They love you. True friend is hard to find. Because true friend is hard to become. God wants to be your true friend. And true friendship has many beautiful expressions. First of all, it's, 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 um, it's sharing with each other. It's sharing your resources. It's, it's backing each other up. It's getting one, uh, each other's back. It's relying on each other. The most beautiful example in the Bible, I think, is uh, Jonathan and David. Uh, do you know the story? Jonathan was a son of the first king of Israel, Saul. And this king of Israel began to hate David but Jonathan and David loved each other and there was at one time when it says and David and Jonathan loved each other so much so Jonathan being a prince he took all of his kingly princely apparel and his weapons and he gave it all to David and said all that is mine is yours that's the covenant of friendship and later when Jonathan got killed and David became the king. David remembered this covenant and honored it. He said, is there anyone still alive from the house of my friend Jonathan? He said, yeah, there's this guy. He is nobody. He has no influence. He has no impact. He's lame. He's like handicapped. You don't want to mess with him. No, he said. This is the son of my friend. Bring him in. Restore all of the possessions of his father to him and make sure he has access to my table every time the kings eat. So for the rest of his life, the lame, you know, crippled guy had a full provision, had a full blessing, 
has been eating from the king's table because of the covenant of friendship. And Jesus said, I don't call you slaves anymore. I call you friends. We, we, we will develop this line later. But today, I want to make you uncomfortable. I will speak about the third expression of intimacy. This is a sexual relationship between man and a woman. Do we have kids here? No, good. There is a, there's a book. No, seriously. And, and I, you know, when they teach preachers and seminaries, they tell, stay away from bathroom and bedroom in your preaching. Because it's uncomfortable. It's weird. People may leave the church. But God did not go to seminary. <laughs> That's why he decided to put a book in the middle of the Bible called the Song of Songs. How many of you have read the book? Good. You, if you haven't read it for a year or so, you need to readdress that book. You need to read this book and I'll give you some home assignment. But this is, this is the most powerful book. By the way, this book is weird. It's strange. It's one of the unusual books. There are two books in the Bible where God is not even mentioned. That's one of them. God is never mentioned there. And it's so sensual. It's full of smells, touches, vivid depictions and descriptions of body parts. Basically, the thread is a woman and a man in crazy, passionate love for each other. They just, ah, they can't get their eyes off each other. They can't get their hands off each other. They just want to be, ah, together. You see a lot of passion and a lot of like, ah, desire there. And, you know, theologians through the centuries had a hard time spiritualizing all that stuff away because it's impossible. The whole book is that. <laughs> Very wise rabbis of the Old Testament called that book the holy of holies of scriptures. Rabbi Akiva, famous rabbi, he said that the, the scripture is like a beautiful temple of God. But the most important part of the temple was the inner sanctum, inner chamber that only high priest could enter. And there was a tangible, experiential presence of God in there. God was present there tangibly. And he said the book of Song of Songs is that holy of holies of the Bible. So... I want to show you that God is not only willing, He's not only open to the idea of having intimacy with you. He's not only willing to have it, He is passionate about it. He's passionate about it. And please, there's no place for dirty thinking that you might have attached to sexual relationships. Sex is beautiful, pure, and sacred, and holy. God Himself thought through every detail of that act. So, all right, so if you have problems, you need some healing and some washing of the Word of God, all right? That's a different topic. Okay. So what I want to tell you is, well, I'm not going to read you the whole book, but please, even today, it's a very short book. Today, find some time, open this book, read it carefully, and try to see and feel what it says there. Rabbi said it's about God and Israel. Most, uh, most Christian teachers through the centuries said it's about church and Christ. 
but also most of them agreed that it's about God and your individual soul because the body the church cannot be a loving bride of Christ unless every member begins to experience this love and this love once again I want to tell you you don't produce this love you don't produce this love you're not called to produce this love you're called to what's the fundamental difference between man and a woman in courtship man initiates man desires stronger man is driven much more powerfully man is all over and woman is slow to respond but she's responding but it takes time it takes a lot of wooing God is not a rapist he's a very gentle lover he really really wants you but he's not imposing himself he's wooing you he's 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 drawing you to himself he's doing all kinds of things to draw you into the sinner's sanctum all right see somebody exercising in the back <laughs> that's good man that's good may the Lord heal your back right now in Jesus name amen so I'm talking about passion a number of weeks ago I was at, at I was in one church I was preaching in a, in a church in Ohio and I had a hard time preaching I'm so grateful for this church here because you guys have an open heart to worship and to receive a lot of you are hungry so it's easy for Neil and me to preach you're like you know taking things out of me that's good but in that church I, I got ready I started and I was going nowhere I just I, I'm not one of those preachers that can preach regardless of what people are doing I cannot do that if you're asleep I will stop preaching I'll come I'll shake you I'll wake you up I, I cannot I need to see the response the reaction I was getting nothing there was a wooden poker face I saw people who've been to I mean the most faithful ones that never missed the church meeting they come they heard all messages about everything you can't tell them anything new <laughs> Jesus loves you mm -hmm. <laughs> amen so I, I was bothered so I put it aside I started just knocking and cracking and beating them in a good sense I mean my my goal was to stir up some emotions whether anger or laughter or whatever finally some some smiles started cracking up and through this crack BAM I started preaching by the end they were like oh oh so good so good God is good yeah it was draining emotionally for me draining it's much easier here let me tell you what happened next next I was invited to come to one of their houses for for dinner and we had a good dinner very hospitable people barbecue all of that and it happened to be the last days last day of the European soccer championship final game so they went to the basement to watch the game and they invited me I went with them Italy and England sorry Lily England lost <laughs> Italy was an underdog and I always want to root for an underdog because I'm usually an underdog everywhere so I want to rise so we were there the same people that were there in the church with the wooden poker faces yes Jesus loves me they started watching the game and all of a sudden they started jerking huh, 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 huh. 
Yes! Go! The same people, the same people that were worshiping Jesus, yes, they were like passionate about that game because they saw the importance, they saw the value, they, they got sucked into that. That's what the Lord wants for you. So I know that you're by, definite, by, by default, you're like self-conscious. You're like, what do people think about me? Who cares? We need to learn to come to this point of self-abundant. To worship Jesus. And the only way we can do it is when we would let Him draw us. Let Him kiss us. Let, let Him caress us. Let Him love on us. So that we are a woman. I know it sounds weird. A woman in this relationship. He's a man. He And He is such a gentle lover. He is wooing you. He's drawing you. You know. So guys... I want to leave you with something that would stick with you forever. I hope I can successfully do that. Neil has done it. He did know it, but he has done it recently. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Recently, Neil got a uh, message on Facebook Messenger from somebody he doesn't know. And he usually says, he, he told me, I usually don't receive those from people I don't know. I don't see a lot of people in common. But for some strange reason, I decided to answer that. It's, okay, who is that? And the guy said, are you Neil Haney from... Clark County that you used to be chaplain in, in, in jail years ago. He said, yes, that's me. He said, I'm such and such, and you ministered to me 100 years ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, you said, and he said, that was my first time in jail. Since then, I've been eight times. I've done eight times in jail. But you said something back then that hunted me all these years and finally brought me to the place when I just surrendered to Jesus and now I have full peace in Jesus. You know what he said? And Neil goes, really? I did? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, you told me, you told me like, let's, let's call him John. I have no clue what his name is. He said, John, every time you walk around, you do your stuff, you live your life, you do whatever you do, every time you see a cross, like you see a telephone pole or you see any formation on the wall, a pattern on the like decoration. You see a cross, just know every single time you see a cross, it God tells you, I love you. And he said, it stuck with me. All these years, I've been going through nasty stuff and doing nasty stuff. Everything I saw, something crossed, God loves me. And it was like, you know what it was? This guy was far away from God, we know. But even at the distance, God was doing the air kisses. Air kisses. Air kisses. And if you take even a step closer, it's not an air kiss anymore. It's a real one. And then if you begin to melt and soften, He takes you by the hand and takes you to the inner chamber where God begins to become so real, so intimate, so personal to you. You don't need anybody to tell you that God is real. He's real for you. You actually begin to carry the reality of God. That's intimacy with the Lord. That's intimacy with the Lord. So I want to leave you with the same thing that will stick with you forever. Even, even if you never come to church again. Our current state of spirituality, and we all agreed that we're failures, right? Our current state of spirituality, what we consider to be spiritual, 
okay, now let me start over. How many of you are cat lovers? Cat, cats, you love cats. Okay, a few dogs, dog lovers? Way more. Okay, I, I know that dogs have a functional side to that. Like, you know, there was a time when they were like help with the sheep and stuff or protect your property. But mainly today, one of the number one reasons people have dogs and they are willing to put up with all the crap, literally, <laughs> and all the, all the things that, uh, you know, dogs may destroy and buying food and veterinarian expenses, all of that. You know why? Because dogs know how to love unconditionally. They are thrilled to see you. Like you come home, you, <laughs> you're home, you're home. You know, let me tell you something. And cats, cats are the opposite of that. Cats are sovereign. Cats, everything about cats, they, they want to make sure you know it's them who decides what happens, not you. They go through the door in the hallway between two rooms and they stop there showing you that I haven't decided yet. I'm going to go there, my, uh, no, back. Come to my lap. Uh, no. <laughs> Listen. You live and act like a cat because you think God is like that. But God is like a dog. God is like a hyper dog. And really, read the book of Song of Songs tonight. Don't put it aside. Read it tonight. See the passion there. God is like a dog. And if you begin to experience and receive God's dog-like love for you, you become a dog-like person to others. Let me read you scripture. That's an alternative translation from a Passion translation. It's not available for public reading yet, but I found a copy of it. Zephaniah 3.17. Listen to that. The Lord your God has arrived. He is inside of you even now. What wealth and mighty power He brings you. Saving you and giving you victory. Listen. He will take such delight in you that it will make him leap for joy, twirl and spin, even shout with great gladness. You will be his feast of joyful pleasure. Yes, he will renew you with his love. His love will transform you and me from a cat, Christian, to a dog Christian, all right? And the best prayer that you can pray to God, to nurture, to cultivate this intimacy with Him is, is the second verse of the Song of Songs. Can we go there, please? Let Him kiss me with the kisses of His mouth, for your love is better than wine. That's the most spiritual prayer I know. This dude, James... He's being kissed by God on a regular basis. I pray I'll be like him. And I'll pray you'll be like him. And I'll pray we'll all be like that. Kisses of God's love. That's what awaits for you in, in the days to come. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.